0: in the building. My life been a movie, I should have filmed it. Nicely with the pen game. Pops taught me to spit game. Get your cameras ready, we have to catch when I'm in frame. Product, opinionated, when I'm coming through smooth with it. I be kicking facts, you Google it. When i black to the booth, he the truth, just another lane lot. I'm a crown Heights legend, still repping the same block.
1: You are now listening to the Life of Product Podcast.
0: Yo, yeah, what up, what up, man? It's the boy, Product. You're now locked into the Life of Product Podcast. This is episode 37. I took a couple of weeks off, but I could fucking do that. Sorry about that. But I have a very special guest today. I have Alex Dummett from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely.
0: Listen, you know what? This is actually my fault because we were supposed to do this a while back.
1: That's all right. That's OK. No time like the present.
0: Absolutely. You know what? Um, I think it's special to have you here because I've ha- actually had a lot of female business owners reach out to me that sure. want to come to the show and you're actually on um, the second one? Yeah, you're the second one. So thank you. Absolutely. This is what's I'm up? Happy to be here. Give everybody like a rundown. What do you actually do?
1: So, um, I I call myself a serial entrepreneur. Um Like a serial killer? Yeah, okay. except for um I probably take more lives, but um <laughs> no, I uh I uh have been a young entrepreneur for my entire life. So, um since I was 18 i've been dabbling in small businesses um i opened my first at 23 and um you know that's been varying about 15 16 businesses now that i've opened um and right now i'm running a construction company and a hemp lifestyle brand
0: that's dope what's what's the whole hemp bobs like Cause everybody's trying to do that right now
1: everyone is trying to do it um some more successfully than others and i think that there's uh an interesting climate right now it's very wild west if you're mm-hmm. um if you're on the east coast especially you know the colorados and the californias of the world and mm-hmm. have really um already already gotten in pretty deep they have crazy regulations you have um you know they've kind of cut cut their teeth with the regulations there so i think we're going into a little bit more chaotic of an environment, mm-hmm. but also we have the knowledge that those people have already gotten and able to use that. We flew out to Colorado not too long ago. To oh, see I think what, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just seeing what was on the market, seeing what, uh you know, hopefully marijuana is coming down the pipeline relatively I think it is. I think soon. It is. And, you know, our hope is that as we uh, get into marijuana and those sort of things that we can really help people. Um, my heart always lies in opportunity and, um, mm-hmm. And also in just how we can give back. And I was someone that struggled and trying to cut my way. And mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of people that may not be traditional entrepreneurs will really be able to succeed in this.
0: You know what? I feel like this is the renaissance of it right now. Absolutely. I feel like we're, we're at that renaissance point, but I feel like the government is somehow going to fuck it up eventually because they kind of fuck up everything. They're mm-hmm. fucking up cryptocurrency right now.
1: Yeah, and, they and, do. Um, yeah, they're going to. And I think. You know, that's kind of the hope with it being the Wild West. You know, realistically, the next four years, good luck trying to catch people. Mm -hmm. Good luck trying to really regulate while you don't have laws. Now, people better cut their teeth and do it quickly in that four years or so that Mm -hmm. you have coming down. Um, But I think after that, the government will step in. They'll have bureaucracy, a bunch of taxes, and Mm -hmm. make sure it's nice and difficult for anyone except for big boys to compete Mm -hmm. or succeed. Um, so you better establish yourself as a big boy pretty soon.
0: What so on the legal side, of, mm-hmm. if a person wants to get into the hemp business, mm-hmm. right on the legal side, how I'm pretty sure there's like permits and regulations. How hard is it to get registered to do that?
1: So it's it depends on what state and everything else, of course. Federally, it's pretty difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're in North Carolina, they have a pilot program, and honestly, my business partners really handle that part of it. Mm-hmm. But my understanding <laughs> is it's pretty lax and. I think that that's a good thing. It allows mm-hmm. young entrepreneurs to figure out what they're doing, how mm-hmm. they regulate, and it also gives the government some time to, you know, to figure out what they're doing as well. Um, mm-hmm. I know that my friends that are growing hemp feel at first we were like, oh my god, everything I grow is going to be highly inspected. No, now they just kind of take a picture, send mm-hmm. it in. Someone sometimes shows up, um, but the truth is, the government doesn't have the capacity to regulate something mm-hmm. as as unimportant as hemp. You know, yeah. the truth is. Go regulate the meth labs. Go regulate the pedophiles and leave us alone. Yes,
0: I'm glad you said that because I feel like the higher ups, the suits, the pin pushes, they focus on the wrong shit. Mm-hmm. This so, like I don't understand how in certain cities and states people have gotten 20 years for weed, but pedophiles get six months in the registry. I got a problem with that.
1: I would also uh, ask you what races people are.
0: You know what I want? I didn't want to say it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, you know I, I keep it real. I, like, you know? I mean, that's the truth.
1: I yeah. you know I have, I work a lot with second chance felons. Mm-hmm. I. uh, And I find that, you know, sometimes people that work for me will get max sentences on first offenses and, you know, Mm -hmm. they'll easily serve a a dime, which is 10 years. And, you know, they, and, uh, they won't think twice about it. Simultaneously, I had someone who I know that got charged with murder one and his daddy's a dentist. And guess what? He, uh. He, he Well, he didn't get off. He only served seven years. And then I got wow. phone calls complaining about why he was in jail wow. that long. Wow. Um, and he was on probation while he was doing that and wow. all kinds of stuff and just not being realistic of what consequences are. Um, must be nice. Yeah. It, it well, must be fucking nice. Yeah. And I, I remember him calling me from prison complaining that he had to spend that much time in prison after he took a wife. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting the level of entitlement and. And the boys will be boys mentality yes. that goes on. Welcome um, to America. Yep.
0: You know what I mean? I wonder I wonder if Canada's like that. Cause you know, we're both the Americas, but we're like I think when it comes to like Canada, United States, even though like they consider both America, we're like the ghetto cousin. Oh, of this shit. Yeah, you know what I we're saying? oh we're, we're like, the ratchet ones.
1: We're like, the we're the gross ones for sure. Yeah. I think it,
0: I don't think they do that type of shit up there. Like I, I just got a feeling because every Canadian I've ever met was very laid back and like shocking to the shit that we do here.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and I think, I think I saw some like some meme during quarantine. It's like, or when actually, you know, Trump specifically was in quarantine. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) I remember like referring to Canada as like the upstairs neighbor to a meth lab that exploded. Wow. Um, and that's, that's basically, I imagine how they feel. Um, you know, I, I think every, every country has its stuff, um, Mm -hmm. now, but unfortunately I think we've, We've let some things get away
0: for uh, from oh, us quite a bit. Absolutely. You, you know what? America has multiple sides, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have this side, that side, that side, but every side has its bullshit. But I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, damn, I will kinda like, I want to experience the bullshit on the other side. Because where oh, yeah. I come from is like, fuck it. It's, it's yeah. like a high level of it. And it's kind of like a damn if you do, damn if you don't type of thing on so many levels. And I, and I think that a lot of people who have never... Um had you know some people are very blessed to not have ever seen shit like that, but you have people that had no choice in seeing it. And we kind of look at life a lot differently Mm -hmm. from a lot of other people. But so not to not to dwell on that, I want to ask you a question. I don't like asking people what political party they're a part of, but I want to ask you, are you a are you a political person or a people person? Because I get like the people vibe from you, like you care about people
1: where i stand well and i mean i'll just tell you like i know enough to know that both both sides are kind of lunatics yes. um and you know i kind of stand by that mm-hmm. my i think you have to be somewhat political to mm-hmm. to make impact for people mm-hmm. um so i deal with a lot of city council and things like that on a small local level mm-hmm. um but i have these hilarious rules for myself with mm-hmm. like politics like i will only watch news within a 30 mile radius mm-hmm. um just because I know that I can affect change in that area. Whereas yeah. like as much as I'd love to say I'm going to Syria tomorrow, I'm not. Yeah. And you know, there's immediate problems here. Um and I try to get involved with what I can and mm-hmm. have a a hand in what I believe the right thing is. And uh that that varies from political parties yeah. a lot. But that's
0: that's a good attitude to have. I feel like with me I had to step away from um watching the news. Oh yeah. For like, like the last four or five years after like Trump got in office, particularly when he got in office, because I felt like it was affecting me mentally, and the people around me, it was affecting a lot of people mentally and emotionally. And it was always just like, I got real shit going on. I don't have time for that Mm -hmm. because if like you become so engulfed in it, and you just get to a point where like I me, if I know a person personally, I don't want to look at them different because they support certain stuff. But then there's times I have, and I felt like. It, it was like a it was like a, a double-sided coin. It was like, okay, but I personally know this person. This person's always been good to me. But it's like, damn, can I fuck with you on that level? And mm-hmm. I felt like I personally had to fall back from CNN, from Fox News, all of it. And, and you know, half of it is lies anyway, that we're being told. Oh,
1: know? a thousand percent. And I, I jokingly, I have like this whole thing where I refer to I, only my family is wildly pretentious on one side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like to upset them. And uh, I, I kept going to really, really inappropriately fancy dinners, mm-hmm. and referring to Facebook news as the news. <laughs> and um, I was like, I'm like, yeah, Granddad, did you see on the news today? Kim Kardashian. I mean, she really mm-hmm. let it all hang out. And my brother's like, stop calling Facebook the news. That's funny. Stop That's calling funny. Facebook the news. But the truth is, it's just as real as anything else. It's people's perception. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as far as. I don't know. I mean, the truth is, I see friends post ridiculous stuff. I had mm-hmm. someone, you know, posting some crazy stuff the other day and mm-hmm. I, the truth is like I decided I'm not going to do business with that person mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Um and I would like to say that I absolutely stand by that mm-hmm. and and there are certain deal breakers for me and yeah. and that's, you know, and un- that's the time we live in and if you yeah. are going to be a bigot or whatever else, I I'm going to have problems. With
0: because at the end of the day your morality factor has to be at a certain level. You have to look at yourself in the mirror at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So if you don't if you're not comfortable with some shit, like if you're doing business with this person and you're not fully comfortable, how can you fully do business with them at the capacity you was doing that before? You're going to be shooken up every time you approach this person when you speak to them. And and I actually have been on that way for a while. Like, like I've known people who have done I can't say it on camera, but they've done wild shit. And right. I just had to say, you know what? I I can't fuck with you that right. i mean like things on levels you would be like what the fuck you oh, know yeah. what i'm saying so it's I, I can't i i like my morality factor at the end of the day since i've gotten older like i've always had like a high morale but since i've gotten older that shit's kind of went through the roof mm-hmm. and i have to protect my energy yeah all the fucking way because if i allow those people like into my life into my circle i feel like that that energy is gonna roll over into the way i carry myself absolutely and i can't do that
1: absolutely Not and. There's a you know there's a lot of people that I um you know I the truth is I don't want to give my money to them. Uh you know mm-hmm. I don't want to you know I'm sorry yeah. I don't want to pay for your kid to mm-hmm. go out and spread poison or yeah. whatever or you know and and mm-hmm. that's where I you know someone asked me not too long ago they're like Alex you know I was I think I was referencing Chick-fil-A and how I just like will not return. My mm-hmm. daughter's my daughter's Gay, and I love it, and Mm -hmm. you know, all those things. And oh, yeah, didn't the
0: the owner have like a problem with like, like, like gay people and homosexuality funding
1: a group in Africa that was murdering homosexuals? And um, so yeah, it was that serious. Oh, yeah, and so you know, I was like, you know, whatever, I'll get my chicken minis elsewhere, I'll make them or whatever else, (laughs) you know, I it's just not worth it. And someone asked me in that conversation, he's like, you know, Alex, a lot of these big movie producers and things Mm -hmm. like that have come out as human trafficking and and things like that. And Mm -hmm. do you think that they should go down in history and Mm -hmm. still make, you know, their, you know, make their royalties and everything else because they still were accomplished great minds of their time. And I said, absolutely not. I agree. Absolutely not. I'm sorry, but I think that if they hadn't placated to someone like that, there was other equally as intelligent creative people that probably just didn't have the same opportunities or weren't in the right space at the mm-hmm. right time and those people deserve recognition yeah. not the people that uh that have squandered it with their own gluttony and perversions
0: mm-hmm. So, speaking of human trafficking i, I went down a rabbit hole on youtube and it's like every time i do it it was like I, I'll, I'll call you and i'll tell you every <laughs> fucking thing i did right like mm-hmm. watching it and shit but it's like every time i go down a rabbit hole on youtube halfway through it i'm like damn, why the fuck did i do this at two o'clock in the morning now i'm up watching all these videos but a lot of i don't think a lot of people fully understand how bad human trafficking is the shit is it's it's bad like Mm -hmm. i don't know i can't sit here and break down the numbers and the percentages of where it's at but it's some shit that really needs to get addressed and i feel like we worry about the wrong stuff as a whole like i was talking to my boy the other day and i was like why the fuck do we even have a united nations why do we have a un Mm -hmm. it's like a whole mafia meeting for nothing Is if we can have human traffic expanding from Colombia all the way to Europe. What are y'all doing about that? Why are the numbers still so high? So going down the rabbit hole, watching documentaries like Eyes Eyes of Shadows, I think it was called Eyes of Shadows and shit like that, you walk away looking at life different. Mm -hmm. You walk away looking at life different. And the crazy thing about human trafficking, it's not just little girls, it's little boys as well, spanning from newborns to like 16, 17 years old. And these kids, I've watched videos of the kids that were rescued, they're never the same. Mm -hmm. Never the same
1: I met one actually. I was uh, when I was in uh, when I was starting out my career. I was in my early twenties, and I had just come back from an event and walked into the restaurant. And this woman walked up to me. She's like, "You look like you're in charge," (laughs) and and she handed me this note. And I I didn't know what was going on. And she's like, "We make sure that our waitress sees us." And I was like, "And it was attached to a hundred dollar bill." And I was like, "Sure, you know, whatever." And then I it was a comment card that we had left in our restaurant. And on the back of it, she explains how her daughter had been kidnapped from Greensboro. Oh my God! Ha- and she had just picked her up in Washington D.C. from the airport where they had caught wow. the guy. But the first time her daughter had smiled again was in that restaurant. That's great. And so you know, mm-hmm. but it, that it 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 was close to home. It was in her restaurants. It mm-hmm. was a girl in the neighborhood it was you know you never know and you never know i uh it was really eye-opening that that could happen so close to home and it's tied to so many things Mm -hmm. that's why they need to get out of the hemp fields and go (laughs) deal with something that matters you
0: know absolutely i worked for a really big company for years and um, i don't want to say the name of the company but they gave us training on like what the how to spot human trafficking. there's like so many ways to spot it so one day I seen a man getting arrested. So I'm like, what fuck is going on? So um, I saw one of my, the co- one of the co-workers we were working with at the end of the shift. And I said, yo, why were they arresting that dude? And she told me because of, there was basically a kid there. And from what we were trained for human trafficking, she recognized it, spoke to the kid, kid, well, he human trafficked the kid from another country. And watching the cops arrest him in the beginning, we were like, oh, cops are always fucking with people. But then we understood why the man was being arrested. And this is like a arresting people for weed is bullshit there are much more important things human and to me human trafficking is really up there on the list within the top five of shit they need to focus on right now
1: priorities are wild i mean i'm just gonna go ahead and say it um i so i made a i like to look at. don't indict yourself oh i don't don't incriminate yourself oh (laughs) shh i'm 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 guilty i'm sure of everything that i'm about to well i uh you know i I like to look at the statistics for the city when i go into these meetings and Mm -hmm. try to see what priorities are try to wade through the bureaucracy and um i was looking at the priorities (laughs) for the city uh, of winston-salem and i uh, for their budget Mm -hmm. and it was like and i'm this is about where it was. It was like racial equality somewhere in like 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. But bike lanes were number six.
0: Wow. Bike yeah. lanes.
1: Bike lanes. Wow. And so, I'm you fucking know. I hate bike lanes. Anyway, um, it, yeah. Well, uh, I don't even want to talk about yeah. Louisville and the bikers because that will get me all hot yeah. and bothered. But, you know, I, uh, you know, it's just the priorities. And the truth is they placate to the money. That's you know? crazy. Uh, they placate some the money, and mm-hmm. there's some wealthy guy who really likes his bikes.
0: I, I believe it. Um, I think they're starting to put bike lanes out here. I know they're putting sidewalks out here. And the first time I came out here was, what, 98? Then I went back in 2007. And the fact that they're putting sidewalks now, I'm like, oh, shit. But they could have spent money on more important stuff yeah, than sidewalks. Because y'all yeah, didn't need them before. What the fuck? I think it's called, what, City Walk or something like they have up I'm not walking that shit. I'm not doing it. I did enough walking in Brooklyn. I don't do that. I walk in a treadmill. So you're not going you know to, you know what I'm saying? It's weird, man. It's, it's really weird. Sidewalks. It's, and I'm pretty sure, like how you said, that the number six was bike lanes. I'm pretty sure sidewalks was had to be in the top three. Oh, yeah. Fucking sidewalks of all things. But you know, that's another and another. You know, you know what else I'm still pissed off about? That five-hour ticket I got that day because I was parked <laughs> out here for more than, it was like three hours and five minutes. They need fucking meters out here. Like dead, dead ass like i got a five dollar ticket because of the three-hour parking out here so me no no what happened okay what happened was i did move my car from the spot i was in to another spot so i go to the police department i'm like um why did you give me a ticket she says because you didn't move it around the corner This is what she told me it was bullshit so i was like basically you want me to make a fucking l shape to avoid a five dollar ticket but you know what i paid the five dollars I just did it. Uh you know what I mean?
1: I think I'm a criminal in several states over parking tickets, but yeah. I can catch me if they can. Yeah. yeah. Parking yeah. tickets.
0: Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. I you know, I spent too many mornings living in Brooklyn waking up with like five minutes left to circle the fucking block. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm done with that. I am not about that life no more. I
1: well, swear I'm not. You're in, you know, yeah. you're in a we're in the burbs, you know? yeah. But you
0: know, I'm glad we are in the burbs. So yeah. Let me ask you, so you were raised in Winston Salem, right?
1: Yeah, so I was uh, I was born in Winston and Mm -hmm. uh, born and raised there, and it was uh, you know it's it's definitely grown up a lot.
0: What what was the vibes like growing up in Winston Salem? Like 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 childhood wise, like friends and just like what did you guys do for fun and things like that? So
1: I grew up on um, I mean I had a pretty privileged childhood and um, you know but my father also is a criminal defense attorney, so Mm -hmm. had a and we had a building downtown. So when I was growing up, we grew up on the farm. You know, did a lot of running around out there. But my mom was one of uh, downtown Winston's urban pioneers, and that was a, a term used um, by the Haynes family. And they were trying to um, stimulate artists and innovation mm-hmm. down, in, down in downtown Winston. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started all in Sixth Street. So it was a really cool time. Um, Watch my parents, you know, struggling young entrepreneurs fighting all the time struggling (laughs) money all that sort of stuff but it's definitely gonna happen um but you know it it was cool and it was eclectic and lots of weirdos and Mm -hmm. it was very different downtown winston has definitely evolved especially the trade street area and now it's the city of art and innovation and i just remember a woman named millicent being out there on the sidewalk with her big old you know Mm sunning thing in her crop top in the 90s you know painting murals and that's um, dope man yeah that's so. that's really dope, and and that's
0: great that you have those memories because you've seen it what it was as as opposed to what it is now, and a lot of people i'm pretty I'm pretty sure a lot of people that were raised there, they don't even like grasp that they probably just like, oh, it's nice, you know what i mean but yeah. the the fact that it grew from that to that in a city like winston Salem, which is right next to Greensboro, which is a bigger city, I think that's some dope shit it,
1: well, and I think you know the way I think Winston's done a lot right um mm-hmm. and it's definitely, it's got some stagnant wealth and stagnant ideas at this point. But I do think, you know, our, anytime you, and this is just a fact, anytime that you in, you encourage LBGTQAI co- communities and mm-hmm. the arts communities, you have economic development and wealth and mm-hmm. more abundance. And the reason for that is, uh, and actually I'm reading a book on this right now, but when you accept people as they are, mm-hmm. they're able to flourish. Mm-hmm. And rather than trying to say, you need to fit this box yes um and you know unfortunately greensboro had an idea of what it should be and mm-hmm. i think that they they kept doing a lot of shoulds instead of creating mm-hmm. and leaning into their people they just they're like oh well we need a greenway greenways are in now and mm-hmm. greenways all over the place <laughs> you can't even yeah. travel on it you know and they're, they're like oh we need an arts district winston has an arts district that's why it's doing well and they're like but the arts district in the most expensive part of town. Mm-hmm. Starving artists that are creating can't yeah. afford the most expensive part no. of town. They so. can't even afford
0: art supplies sometimes. That's exactly. how serious it is. I think I think there's two things the LGBTQ community has that a lot of people need to take out a page out of the book. And that's organization and damn, I forgot the other one I was about to say. Oh. No, uh, organization and because uh, I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody. Uh, orga- Organization is a big thing, but it's uh, I'm gonna call my boy Gerald, and we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> okay. But there's a lot, but like the way they're fucking organized, mm-hmm. very organized. And the thing you said that, what did you say? Finances come from it. Is yeah, your yeah. your
1: economic development because yes, because economic
0: development. It, it, you
1: you thrive. Yes, you thrive. really do. And
0: I think people need to take a page out of that book. And I think I think right now, people need to understand something, right? And you, everybody has their own opinion on shit. You can't be all about. Your race and all about your community, but hate LGBTQ. You can't be all about LGBTQ and the opposite. You can't. At a certain point, we all gonna have to stop fucking fighting. We're gonna have to because it's hurting us, right. especially especially coming off of the last four years of life. I mean, damn it, the last four years of life was like having like um a dramatic family, kind of like how I was, was growing up and shit like that. So you know, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Liberal. We all pay taxes and we've all been fucked up before. So at a certain point, can we all just like stop the fighting and shit like that? But I have a high level of respect for the LGBTQ community. They're organized as shit, like Mm -hmm. very fucking organized. And you have people in the LGBTQ community from different races, mm-hmm. so it's not about race. You know what I'm saying? It's about right. a lifestyle. So at the end of the day, stop hating the lifestyle and take a page from their book. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't care who doesn't like what I have to say about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm a straight man saying that shit. So at the end of the day, it's like it's to me, it's all fuckery when every everybody's down in this and down in that, and and people from from bigger areas, people from smaller areas, there is a median that we need to reach at a certain point. But I don't think what is going to happen. Uh, that's my opinion.
1: I think realistically, and I'm about to say something big and bold, um, religion really crushes that because people yeah. use it as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rather than just saying, I heard, for the first time in my life, I heard, and I'm I'm not a Christian, I'm just going to be honest about it, mm-hmm. um, that I heard Christianity described as someone who has an excess of love pouring over their acceptance and love into other people's lives. And I... I believe that that specific person operates that way and everything mm-hmm. else. Do I believe that's the average bear of Christianity? No, I think most, and I've, I've been in plenty of churches. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I believe that, you know, a lot of it is about what you don't do. And mm-hmm. then you suddenly have this safe community. And mm-hmm. I mean, I watch a lot of murder shows <laughs> and the most dangerous place you can be is in a love triangle in the South, just so we're all clear. And yeah. that happens a lot in churches. There's a lot of things that happen in churches that unfortunately condemn my, my lovely daughter who is gay. um, You know, she was experimenting with the way she looked if Mm -hmm. she wanted to. So she cut off all her hair one year. Mm -hmm. She was 12 years old. um, And, you know, she had recently, you know, decided that she was going to be, I think she was exploring bisexual, pansexual, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And as she worked through those, you know, names of, of whatever she wants to call herself today. uh, But she cut all her hair off, and she went over to a sleepover. And uh, someone's stepmom gave me a call and told me she was never welcome back there wow. because she was going to turn her stepdaughter gay. Wow! And um, you know that was that was a pretty eye opening experience uh, to to be a parent and not mm-hmm. rip her throat out. But um, you know, <laughs> I I just. What is what is hurting a small child ever going to mm-hmm. do when they're trying to figure yes. out who they are?
0: You know, I, I feel like this, like the concept of Christianity I think is a beautiful thing, but I think the people that govern it are ugly. They're mm-hmm. very ugly. I've seen people curse in church. I've seen people beat the shit out of their kids in church. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen church members fornicate out of wedlock, cheat on their wives, cheat on their husbands. I've seen uh, uh, church members sell drugs, all kind of shit. So it's like, at the end of the day, it's like there's levels to the litness, right? You kind of up there. Like, stop, stop the bullshit. I think a lot of church people too forget what their life was like before they got saved. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do that. A lot of them they'll put on this, oh, I'm, I'm Jesus Christ, just down the throat. And I'm not talking about Jesus Christ. I respect the Lord, but you was doing some shit before you got dipped in the water. So stop acting like you was. And that's that's my issue right. with them. I, I feel like a lot of them. I, I can say maybe a handful of church people I've met in life have actually verbally said to me. I was doing this before I was in church. The rest of them just act like they nope was all squeaky clean before that. And that's some bullshit. I, I know you wasn't. And you know this. Okay, so you have um different branches. Like you have like what regular church people, you have like the Jehovah's Witnesses and things like that. And I've had experiences with Jehovah's Witnesses and some of them are like the dirtiest people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And and not to down them, but from I didn't know a lot about Jehovah's Witnesses. I actually dated a Jehovah's Witness and I was in a relationship with one, which I will never do again. <laughs> ever. I'm not. Never will do it again. So they they have a thing where if the I don't know about the men. I'm pretty sure the men don't have to do this, which is bullshit. The women, if a, if you're a Jehovah's Witness woman and you sleep with the man right now outside of marriage, up to a certain amount of times, you're gonna have to sit in a room full of elders, the men, and tell them in detail what you did. I think that's like the biggest bullshit I've ever heard what? in my life. So after conversing with someone about it, I said, you know, you was basically in there letting them get their rocks off, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that at a certain point, I don't I don't want to I don't want to say they need to like rewrite whatever their rules are, but they need to like recess this shit and come back and say, do we have to do it like that? Because I feel like a lot of people in church, they they eliminate the humanity factor when it comes to a lot of shit. And any any church member listening right now, I don't give a fuck. Get mad if you want. But They hide behind the rules of the church. They hide behind the cross. And they just constantly, these church members still, they still church money. I've seen, what? All kind of shit. I remember, I used to, my my homeboy, um, he used to play drums at a church out here. So sometimes I pop in and go, I, is a Sunday, let me go, bong, bong, get saved by the lawyers. You know what I'm saying? Confess my stuff. You know what I mean? So I go and um, me and my other homeboy, we would go. And I was, I had a girlfriend at the time. There was a girl that went to the church that every time I would go, she would be in church trying to get at me. So one time I was at a gas station with my pops. So she's literally, pull, she pulls up next to me. I'm like, oh, fuck, they go to chick from the church, right? So I'm walking in. She comes up to me with a paper and was like, listen, I think you're cute. I just want to like bong bong every now and then. And I said, I can't do that. And I'm looking like, damn, but you go to church. Like, it, it threw me off. Oh, church yeah. girls be the freakiest chicks you will ever meet in your life. And I hate to say that. Like, no no offense to nobody listening. And I don't mean to sound chauvinistic, but... I like to keep it real. Church girl, I've met church girls that will get it in more than regular girls. You know what I'm mean? saying? And I've never understood that. I think it's because they were sheltered, maybe. And they were taught this all kind of stuff. And they're like, damn, that shit sounds exciting. Because you know, as a parent, me, okay, me as a parent, right? I not I try not to shelter them so much. I try to give them leeway to fuck up and see what's bad for them. So I feel like a lot of girls that were like raised in those hardcore church families. What so I stop, you can't do that. But then telling a the child not to do that is gonna make them wanna do that.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that there's something to that. I had a a couple of close friends who went a little wild. Um but I think also, you know, it's just the idea that no matter what this and again, I'm not religious, so this mermaid unicorn has decided that it's okay for me to do everything as long as I confess it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like someone like me who lives by strict moral compasses, mm-hmm. I don't think it's okay. Yeah, I don't believe that my inappropriate actions are okay no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so I have to do the right thing the first time. Yeah. And I don't have a back, back end excuse of, well, Jesus forgives me no matter what and loves me no matter what. I don't have that. I don't, I mean, everything mm-hmm. in my life is pretty, pretty conditional and, you know, not that I think that that's a, it's a it's a much harder way of living, mm-hmm. but I I find often that my choices are um are more moral um mm-hmm. in when and you come great. down to it. And you know that that's been an evolution as well. I will say that that, that happened since I quit drinking, but <laughs> 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 but you know, that's a whole different story.
0: Now how long have you been uh not drinking? How how long has that been?
1: Been about two years really? so yeah and so that's been um
0: so like nothing like no wine no nothing
1: nothing nothing wow, no not like a, a well and I honestly um it, it was interesting when I set out to do it I was like I'm gonna take a year off right mm-hmm. like because I had done like a month here and there I think a lot of people do that where they're like mm-hmm. oh like I, it's time to take a break or whatever mm-hmm. and i had done that and I was like god like mm-hmm. I don't know that like I always kind of found not that I was like a drunk or anything else but I mm-hmm. always found that like Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. I wonder if I got a little bit weird. Or like, yeah, what, did I flirt with that strange dude? Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, whatever those those weird things are. Um, but I don't have any of that second guessing now. Yeah, I will what say it, it. It changes who you are. It changes the friends you're capable of having. Yes. I mean, my, I mean, even some of my closest friends are no longer my closest friends and they just faded away. You know, it was just like,
0: it shows you that that was like the common denominator or whatever I had in common, like the the alcohol aspect. But what takes the edge off now?
1: Um, lots of Delta (laughs) eight. Um, so, you know, definitely some have products, things like that. Um, but I mean, I have to live a very specific way. So I have to exercise Mm -hmm. or I get all what I, I like to call it squirrely. There, you know you get up. Uh, yeah. All, like yeah just so don't grow with Don't grow a tail and shit. Like, yeah. Don't do that. Don't,
0: don't.
1: <laughs> so you know, I, I have to exercise. I have to. Um, I have a pretty strict routine where I, mm-hmm. I'll watch a TED talk. I write a thank you note. Mm-hmm. I you know, and I make sure that I do those things mm-hmm. to try to touch my mind, body, spirit type thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, or what I equate to a spirit. Um, yeah. and uh, just I keep it straight that way. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of it's a lot more navigating for yeah. sure.
0: Well, I definitely feel you on that. Like, I've done like a, a whole lifestyle change, and mm-hmm. over like the course of short term time, I went from two forty six to two seventeen, right. and stuff like that. Which is my my goal originally was two twenty five, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just keep on going." Mm-hmm. But like, I so I said on the show a while back on like the lifestyle of it, I try to do one thing a day that makes me happy, mm-hmm. because life is stressful. Mm-hmm. Being, being have been a bus- a small business owner, podcaster, artist, still working, being a parent, shit, shit. It gets stressful. Like you just want to like. I don't have any hair on bowl, but you want to rip your hair out. I might right. throw this shit in bang bang and pull it out. So I have to do these things to keep me going. So when I was younger, I used to take judo, and we had like a beginning exercise where you would sit on your knees, uh, sit up straight back, and you would just be quiet. It was kind of like a meditation type of thing. I actually just started doing that again a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like it's done wonders for me.
1: I struggle so hard with meditation, and I it's something that like and I, I hate being this kind of person right now, but it's just the truth. I hate being the kind of person that says I want to do something and doesn't do it, but I struggle with meditation. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I'm someone who's lived through a lot of traumas yeah. and has had a lot of like, and I have a lot of physical trauma. And mm-hmm. I know that if I could get into a rhythm or some sort of routine with it, it would be enormously helpful. But because of those reasons also, it's very difficult to sit yes. still. Yes. Um,
0: and I, get it. I totally get it. And
1: those, you know, and I, I'm like, it's one of those those pie in the sky things of like oh when I'm healthy enough'll I'll be a kind of person that meditates mm-hmm. and it's like no you do those sort of things mm-hmm. to become and it, you know it, it's uh it's definitely something I struggle with and it's so frustrating for me internally because mm-hmm. I'm like I see people do it I respect the hell out of people that do mm-hmm. it and it's so good for you and I know I know know it but yes. man getting me to do it, it's like pulling teeth um
0: yeah but wait till you're ready I will yeah. tell you that so for me right? I'm one of those people, if I'm, I I think 24 hours a day. Like I'll literally, whatever I'm thinking about before I go to bed, I'm thinking that shit in my dream. And I hate it because it's like, oh shit, did I really fall asleep? I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but that's a real thing. So for me, when I do it, what I've done to quiet my thoughts and to quiet everything going on around me, I'll imagine I'm looking at a white wall. Mm-hmm. And for me looking at that white wall for about 30 seconds to a minute is when I fall into the groove of it. So that that would be like my best advice to you. Okay. It, it might not work. Yours might be different, but for me, that shit always works. Okay. Never fails. I
1: mean, uh, yeah, I'll definitely try it. And it, it's uh, it's definitely just like the idea of like quieting my mind. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a noisy place in there. Yeah. So,
0: oh, I get it. Mine is. Just, <laughs> I, I hear traffic and shit <laughs> in my head. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you. So, growing up in Winston Salem, right? What was the music scene like out oh. there? Because this is something I've always wondered. Because I would come down here to visit, and I always felt like they was not up on like the latest music. It was kind of like behind.
1: Oh well, bit. I would just okay, first of all, that's a whole discussion on how behind winston Salem is, but um <laughs> you know i I would say we're twenty years behind about everything um but the truth is I'm not cool enough to answer that question um oh, okay. i well there's a you know I know that there was Ziggies and things like that, mm-hmm. but they really i just i I've actually heard it's gotten worse um wow. that the music scene really? is actually like yeah it's just it's just not what they they used to have. They don't yeah. have the level of like, you know, in Greensboro you have the blind tiger and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you have these wild bands. And I think that it's so monetized um, with certain venues now that like mm-hmm. the people that are good and up and coming don't have a shot. Yeah. And Winston's kind of like that. Winston hates giving young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and young artists shots. It's a it's mm-hmm. a I mean it's one of the hardest places in the country to to dig out of poverty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's all that um, there was an article on that, but it, you know, it's, it's time and time again, one of the, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a place of stagnant wealth and stagnant thinking, yeah. unfortunately. And I mean, that's something that I fight hard against and something that I really try to encourage in the circles mm-hmm. I run in. You know, I am a member of the junior league. I am a member of these kind of organizations. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is to sit on boards like diversity inclusion and to, mm-hmm. to be able to re re look at the city as a whole and you know, what does that art scene look like? You know, that art scene is, is paintings really on Mm -hmm. one street. And, you know, instead of, you know, cool artists or tech companies that are doing cool things. And, Mm um, you know, I, I think that we're, we're moving in the right direction just at the pace of a turtle. So, um, but I hear the music scene is, is rough and I, I think there's a lot of
0: closed minds. There's definitely a lot of closed minds. Like, I remember um, when I was in college out here, at had a homeboy that with a school in Winston-Salem. So I would drive up there, like, every other weekend, we hang out and party. There are a lot of talented and smart people from Winston-Salem that I've known from back then um, up until now, and they just never got a shot. Mm-hmm. And you know you know what pisses me off? Like, okay, those, those same venue owners, those same people that are in position to put these people where they need to be, those are the same people that are stressed shopping locally. Go to the mom and pop stores, but you have a local talent you will not give a shot to. And you are the person that can change their whole life. And I got a problem with that shit. Because I've been yeah. in some shady areas and went like bad areas. Like, oh shit, this person can sing. And I've been, when you go up Dr. Martin Luther King Boulevard, mm-hmm. like the little, the little, they had a club, <laughs> a little hole in the wall club. I ain't going to say the name We used to party all the time. We should not fucking be in there. <laughs> but shit, like it's places like that, you know. The, these these places have what's called diamonds in the rough, and these these are people that can change the world. Oh, yeah. They can innovate shit, and they do not get a shot. Yeah, they don't. But these same venue owners they don't want like a Mariah Carey status person to come in. They're not fucking coming in. They don't care about you. But you'll want that. But you will not give the next Mariah Carey a shot or the next Basquiat or anything like that. And to me, I think that's the most retarded shit ever. Yeah. And I hate using that word, but it's ass backwards because. When you give that uh, talent a shot and everybody gets to see it, it brings more money, Mm -hmm. way more money. Look at the J. Cole. J. Cole was a a kid from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Nobody outside of North Carolina even knew Fayetteville was a city and shit like that. He blew up. Now, everybody knows about Fayetteville, North Carolina. So it's it's situations like that, but I don't think that's ever going to change.
1: I and I you know? and I I don't know I mean I hope one day that I'm the kind of person that owns big buildings downtown Winston and that that's that's where that changes that know? would be great and you know I I I I spend a lot of time talking to entrepreneurs and and people in that um in the space that own those sort of venues or even even my friends that are managers of places like that and um you know I'm thinking one venue specifically the main one um and it, it's interesting because. I, you know, I've approached them about work for nonprofits and, you know, things like that. And Mm -hmm. same deal, you know, it's like, oh, well, we'll work with the big boys or we'll do this with these people. And um, rather than giving people a shot, and I see that even with people and their friends, like something that giantly frustrates me is, you know, I have so many friends that are young entrepreneurs. I have so many, um, you know, people that I try to like mentor or that have mentored me. And it's crazy. You'll have... You know, one of my friends will like post something and I'll share it and, you know, they get like one or two shares and it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, okay, but we can, you know, like Meredith's 15th baby picture, you know, or whatever. (laughs) But we can't, you know, we can't share that our friends are doing Mm -hmm. stuff, that they're creating music, that they're, you know, and Mm -hmm. and giving them that support. And it's so small. It's so it's it actually hurts,
0: you know, as a creator, it hurts because those same people, they won't like, they won't share, they won't comment. But they'll jump in like a famous actor's comments. Oh, I love you, and they will not respond to them. Okay. And to me, I think that's the craziest shit in the world. Is it? If, they let me like? I think I was telling my sister. I was telling one of my cousins. I know a lot of DJs. Like I know DJs I personally grew up with that will not spin my fucking music. They will what? not play my music. I've had some of them. Like I grew up with. Yo, I got a new record. Can I send it to you? Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Fuck you too, then. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like damn. But you'll jump. I, I see you jump on such and such verified page and, hey, what's up, bro? That ain't your bro. You don't fucking know this, dude. Yeah, yeah. But that's how it is. And to, to me, I think that's the most ass-backwards thing in the world. But some of these same DJs, I've helped pass around in mixtapes. I've liked their shit. I've done personal favors for them. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, and at a certain point, I was feeling a certain type of way about it. Mm-hmm. But now that I've grown and matured, I just, it's just born under the bridge. Yeah. yeah I've, I've had to let it go. And I, and
1: I think that that's where, you know, I, like I've gotten like a lot of pushback over the past year, especially like on... Facebook and specifically like there's a, there's a group called fearless Winston Salem, which Mm -hmm. I can get into about, they're basically this group of bullies. Um, And they, uh, I, I, a lot of times will share things that I do in the community, like nonprofit work. I'll share a lot of my uh, friends, businesses and things like that. And I sat down at a business meeting with four other entrepreneurs and every single one of them had been attacked by these people had been, like, you know, basically, like, this cancel culture of, like, you know, uh, yeah, of these, like, you know, frankly, like, stay-at-home women that just, like, are making a bad name rather than supporting people in the community. And there's, you know, no one's saying anything. No one's doing anything. And Mm -hmm. and I even reached out to them. And, you know, there's other people. But a lot of people have been, like, oh, all she does is share business stuff. She's just trying to make money. And it's, like, whatever, you know... Sure, I got this is how I survive. Um, and I wish that you guys could be supportive of a mm-hmm. single mom who's worked really hard. Um, mm-hmm. but that's, that's okay so if you're up. not. And that's so messed up. And there's so you know, there's these groups of people that frankly have never worked that hard in their life and not. they don't really understand that, you know, there are times where, you know, I've gone without eating to feed people's families. There are times mm-hmm. that I have, you know like sacrifice huge, huge things to be able to mm-hmm. give back to my community through either employing people or other things and, and I get attacked for it because because I wanna do business yes. or because I want to support someone else or, you know, one of my friends, Algernon Cash, is he's awesome and I think he's really um He's amazing. And he has some really controversial opinions in a lot mm-hmm. of communities. And a lot of people reached out to me over him as well and supporting him. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting because they're like, oh, all, all he does is try to do, you know, all he's trying to do is uh, get money from these restaurants. And really what he does is every day he goes to different restaurants and supports them mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. He seeks them out and it doesn't matter. It's a, it, it, he they they still give him backlash like he's trying to. Mm-hmm trick someone and mm-hmm. and it's not tricking someone yeah. it's just needing some support it's it's asking for your community to uh to support the, the little guy and mm-hmm. it just doesn't look in Which the same Which they,
0: they should be doing that it's got to be mind-boggling to a person such, such as yourself that you directly see it. you're right there seeing what he's doing and you're seeing how hard he's working and mm-hmm. everything he's putting into it and also watching people giving him the backlash at the same time oh
1: yeah Oh, yeah? it, some
0: some shit i just can't figure out just like the whole cyberbullying thing i never would when when cyberbullying first became a term mm-hmm. i never really i didn't i didn't think it was real i didn't i was like yeah, that's bullshit because to me <laughs> the internet has an off button yeah exactly Turn it got, it off. listen i could people I, if i showed you my block list right now you'd be like damn my block list is long everything from my phone to instagram i, I have a very even Facebook, I have a very long block list because I don't play that shit. It has a, 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 a an off button, but for a lot of people, especially kids of this generation right now, like we can talk to them all day and let them know I right, block it or block the person, delete them. But there's just something there that doesn't always allow them to do that and to just blow this shit off. And it's gotten so bad. Like there are kids that have committed suicide over cyberbullying. Oh yeah, and shit like that. You for if a person. Sitting here telling them like I've literally seen people in comments go kill yourself, kill yourself. I, me, I'm I'm never been a person. Oh, call the cops. But if a person does kill themselves over some cyberbullying shit, you should get charged for that. Oh yeah, you should get because you you know better. You mm-hmm. you know better. You you knew by you seeing that shit it could have happened. You basically incited murder. You encouraged this person to kill himself. You should get some. There's got to be something mm-hmm. that that legally can be done about that. But I don't think that they're ever going to do anything because, like we said, the government, police, they all focus on the wrong shit. They're going to focus on their bike lanes and shit mm-hmm. over that. It, oh, it's yeah? it's wrong. If you, I don't know what the percentages of that, but I'm pretty sure someone did, right now did a study and pulled it up. It we'd see big numbers of people that were edged on to commit suicide.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that there's a lot of it. I mean, my daughter. I mean, especially in like the teenage area. She's 16 and. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's horrible it's hor- I mean and I I'm lucky that my daughter's so good but mm-hmm. you know she's come to me on multiple occasions where mm-hmm. kids have been saying things and I've had to intervene or call parents and yeah. you know not just even you know also like just things as simple as self harm yes. you know those sort of things are mm-hmm. so prevalent now and just how do you you know you regulate it mm-hmm. but you know, the truth is, oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me or whatever. Okay, of course. And- of
0: course they're going to say that. We <laughs> might even have like the, uh, uh, we might have like a sheet of comments that they left and still see it and they're still going to say it wasn't done. Oh, it? yeah. The, oh, I got hacked. This is what they're going to say. Which is bullshit. We saw you say it. Man up. Man up and say that you said it. Just how you wanted somebody to kill themselves. But this, this is a very delicate error right mm-hmm. now for kids. And a, a few kids are starting to listen to my show, which I didn't think was going to happen. Right. Actually. And I'm glad that they're listening because now you get to hear an adult perspective that from an adult that doesn't live in your household. Mm-hmm. And to all of the kids listening, if someone is telling you to kill yourselves, block them. Block them. Don't do it. Just block them. And I was actually talking to, I think I was talking to my son about this, about how the internet has an off button. But some of these kids just don't get it. Mm-hmm. They, they're so edged to once a person you know, comes at them like that in their comments, in their DMs, they want to go back and forth with them. And I don't. I think that's doing just as much damage as the person telling them to go kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Because now you're creating this text field, you're creating this energy, and whatever type of scenario with this person, you don't even fucking know. Mm-hmm. You don't know this person. You know what I mean? Just like with the whole. Um, I don't know if your daughter's an online gamer, mm-hmm. but a lot of kids that play online games. You, I don't know. Have you ever listened to the way they talk to them each my, other?
1: I remember my little brother pretty good going going at it quite a bit. <laughs> oh and, my god! Uh, yeah, it's
0: crazy. My son was arguing with a dude on Fortnite. He was like, shut up, bro. You're like 30 years old. You probably live in your mother's basement. Imagine a 13-year-old telling you that. You yeah. know what I mean? Just imagine it. Like, oh, my God. Burn him. First of all, I, I don't play uh video games like that anymore. But I'm not going to be at my age playing video games with 13-year-olds from across the country. I'm not doing it. Right. I, I'm not doing it. But you got adults out here that do that shit. Uh, uh, imagine me, 200-something pounds, 38 years old. What's up, bro? You finished your homework, you want to play? I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not doing I can't. I-, I spend my time doing creative shit or relaxing or doing other things. So, oh, man, I know people listen to I get people that jump on my DMs weekly every time the show dropping in mad Oh, man, I they're going like, to be I- mad. That's why fu- go, go play fucking Fortnite and get over it. What the fuck? Like, I don't care about that. But I just feel like as an adult, we all have our opinions. But as an adult, like, I was raised that you don't play with kids. And I was raised a kids to stay in the child's place, but adults need to stay in their place as well. And that's something nobody talks about.
1: I, I feel I've had a lot of challenges around the subject recently, <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of it's having to, you know, I've been dealing with like a lot of people in their early 20s right now, and I um man, I struggle to relate at this point in my life. It's um It's a, you know, if someone still has friends in college or like friends that are still in school, mm-hmm. like I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, it's a hard conversation Mm -hmm. um, to even, and it's it's weird as I get older. I felt like, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was running businesses and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing that. And so even the stuff that most 22-year-olds are doing, I have Mm -hmm. nothing in common with. And I'm just sitting there like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, go sharpen your pencil or whatever you do. I, you know, I have no idea or, you know, or, Mm -hmm shoot Jaeger I don't even know if that's cool anymore you know my <laughs> daughter keeps throwing out terms and you know yeah. I just I I feel like I'm you know I I don't know when uh-huh. you get above 30 it's just like yeah. ah, like I don't know that I can relate yeah. to a lot of that and I don't think it's appropriate that I relate to a lot mm-hmm. of it you know I mean I I was a young mom and I don't know that I really want to you know sit back and like
0: mm-hmm. I, no, I, chat, I chat you, I get about snapchat stories or whatever yeah, right? it's, but... it's funny because i feel like this generation we're like the middle children where we're we we're somewhat young enough to where we can relate but we're old enough to relate to the generation before us mm-hmm. so we're kind of like in the middle of all of this shit so like like these kids now when they're on snapchat they're on social media we that first of all that came from our era we seen the birth yeah. of it we come from the myspace era and shit like that so at the end of the day like i remember when facebook was it looked totally different. Oh yeah. You had to like log into a computer, first of all. And, and it it was so different. But a lot of these kids nowadays they just think that they this is their shit. And it's really not like for me for me, for me, the early 20 year olds they actually all like me. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but they all like felt like, hey what's up? So when I tell them like my age but like, no you're not you're not 30 yeah yeah I really am and shit. So mm-hmm. like I don't know, maybe I got like a coolness to me. Yeah. Or whatnot.
1: That's what you'd like to think. Yeah, you know <laughs> Then they they be
0: saying weird stuff sometimes and I just be nodding my head yeah i know but I have no idea what they're talking about sometimes it's oh way to yeah me. It's, oh yeah and then i go sometimes i want to go in a dad mode and i want to i really want to ask them what the hell is wrong with you why, why would you do that but i can't you know what i mean because i'm still the cool person i don't want them to look at me different like oh listen man <laughs> you're I still can, trying to be cool your age now you know what i mean i don't
1: know maybe because of mom i'm just like whatever i mm-hmm. i have i just honestly i get bored i'm like okay listen mm-hmm whatever you think you're doing right now, Mm -hmm. I was doing twice as cool stuff and I'm Mm -hmm. really bored with this (laughs) and I've lived that life. And it's, you know, not, not in every instance, of course, but you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of them, I'm like, I can talk to you for about 10 minutes and I got to go. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know what, when I was when I was in my early 20s, we was in Manhattan signing distribution deals and shit. I was like in and out of studios like doing like big things. So it's kind of like when I meet these these 20-year-olds and they was like, "Yeah, bro, we just drunk Henny and played uh uh Call of Duty Saturday." And I'm like, "That's all you did? That's really really all you did? There's so much more you could have done." And I, I really just want to set a lot of them down and school them and let them know this is stupid. But I don't I, like then again, I'm the cool one. So I don't want to come up <laughs> like that. But if this there's, there's no way I could have in my early 20s, or would have just sat, chilled, kicked it, had a bottle. There was so much because there's so much more to life. Right. And a lot of them don't they don't understand that. And thankfully, like I've had setbacks in life, but thankfully I've understood this whole life thing early on. Because mm-hmm. I can't imagine me being at my age just looking like, I don't know what I want to do. Right. That's scary to me. That's that's so like that's a, that was a fear of mine. In, mm-hmm. in, actually, in my in my late teens. I told myself in my late teens. I'm not gonna be at a certain age where I'm just looking like, damn, yo, I'm still doing trial and error stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that to me is like kind of like a failure factor because I have like a fear of failing in life. Mm-hmm. And and not to down anybody, but by a certain age in life, even if to, to me, if you're not where you wanna be, you should at least know where you wanna be. Right. And there's people that still don't know, which is, I know people that they just, they're winging it. Right. And that's some scary shit. I, that is. Mm-mm.
1: I have been like. A- a throw everything at the wall and see what sticks kind of person oh, yeah. um in a lot of ways but i think you know as long as you're figuring out you know the like you're you know who you are as a person i i mean for me i think it took it's been an evolution for sure you mm-hmm. know and like i would say like by 23 i roughly knew the shape of who i wanted to be mm-hmm. But by 27, I figured out how to be half that person. I mm-hmm. mean, it took a while. And yeah. then I had to reinvent that person all over again because I realized my approach was way off and all these things. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's where, you know, it can be an evolution. It can be, you know, and I've, you know, started different careers and different lives and been different kinds of people mm-hmm. and, I like to say I've fallen in love more than the average person as well. Oh, and, we we you know, all have. And, and then we all
0: end up hating that person after it doesn't work well, out. You well, know?
1: you know, there's a few dead bodies, but, <laughs> um, you know. I, but I think that that's where, you know, it's okay to reinvent mm-hmm. yourself. But mm-hmm. where you lose me is this, like, indecisive crap, like, mm-hmm. of not picking a place, not trying yes. something. This, like this Mm -hmm. empty vacancy that people get into where they're just like, well, I'm just going to like do this and then this and then this. And like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like my mom loves to say, okay, it's college marriage children or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, she used to say that as a mantra, which I didn't do any of that um, in the right order. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And that's my life is fine. You know, Mm -hmm. I, my life has been okay. We're, you know, we're trucking. Um, but I think that there, there is no right answer or right way to do it. But you still got to participate, and yeah. that's you know the participation. I'm glad
0: course. you said that the, the, about the participation part. A lot of people they don't they don't get
1: that. Yeah. They
0: don't. And back to what your mom said, what she said, uh, school, what she what she said, uh, Co- college, college, marriage, marriage
1: children. And it,
0: that does not work for everybody. No. It does not work for everybody. You have to kind of make your own blueprint at a mm-hmm. certain point because you could try it and fail, and then you're gonna you'll be in a hole like Mm -hmm. you'll be you know what's crazy in life when you get put in a hole the way you have to dig yourself out it's muddy shit oh yeah it's muddy people a lot of people who've never been there they'll never understand that they won't and you have to dig yourself out you might have to dig yourself out financially uh emotionally mentally how do you do that all at one time right it takes a very uh, a, a very high level of strength to get there and still smile every day and function yeah And and a lot of you know what? Shouts out to the people who've never had to do that. I don't like y'all because I've had to do it. But you know, we we you never know. You might have to do it ten years from now. But at least you know how to do it if you've done it before. And um, I was talking to one of my boys. He he listens to the show every week, and we were just talking about this. And he said, whenever you find yourself in this hole, you have to backtrack and look at what got you in there Mm -hmm. before that. And me. The few times I've been in there, I didn't do that. I was like, damn, how am I going to get out? I didn't backtrack and say, well, what got me in? here?" Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like one of those things when, say if you were in school and you know some people were taught, if you're taking a test and you have it's multiple choice, read the answers first. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the opposite of that shit. And, and that was some of the best advice I could ever get. Right. So I said, okay, God forbid I'm ever like, fucked up again in life. I'm going to do that. I'm going to look at what got me in there and maybe that'll get me out faster yeah. and, and whatnot. So he, he really dropped some gems on me um when it came to that. But life in general, I think I think life is like um it's kind of like a, a bad joke sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to a few a few things or whatever. So depending on what you're doing, depending on where you're at, that can kind of shape where you're gonna go. Right. But then life is gonna say, Ah, I don't like you today. And it's gonna kick the shit out of you. And then you back on your ass and it's like, damn now I gotta get out of this hole or whatever. But you know, everybody's different. You seem to be a very headstrong person. Mm-hmm. A very head and I think that is great that your daughter has that role model. Mm-hmm. And I think more girls Girl, girl, I don't care if the girl is black, white, Asian, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Right now, you go, as a parent, none of us want our kids, our our daughter's online twerking, listening to Cardi B and shit (laughs) like that. We we don't want that. That's a a huge fear of mine. My daughter listens to pop music. Thank God. Thank baby Jesus. You know what I'm saying? My daughter's into like anime and shit. So (laughs) anytime she wants some shit off Amazon or whatever, I buy that. You don't got to ask twice. I'll get it. As long as you ain't doing all this shit, I am so cool with that. So, to have, like, young girls following this way and not going with the trend of society, I think that's, like, the biggest blessing I've ever received in life.
1: I have a, yeah, I, I like to tell people, I'm like, yeah, my daughter just doesn't ask for much. And maybe it's, she's an only mm-hmm. child, so maybe it's some only child stuff as well. But, I mean, if I can, I just do. It. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, she doesn't, she she gets mm-hmm. good grades. She does what she's supposed that's to. That's great. Um, and that's where, you know. Whatever a fifteen year old mother can raise a successful mm-hmm. child, and yeah. you know that's where I I think that she's doing really well, and that's great. I. But I have that too in me. I'm like, oh, she wants something. I've got to get it because she just, she doesn't ask for much. Yeah. She doesn't want much, yeah. and uh, you know, and she's so good that I'm like, all right, well, I, I mean, I see her friend, One of her friends was on PCP at oh, one my point. God. Yes, I mean, like not now, but you know, I, I heard about this. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know about you being friends with her. She's like, oh, well, she's like, she's not doing it anymore, but she had to go to recovery and all oh this my stuff. God. And I mean, she's a junior in high school.
0: That's kind of, okay, you, shit. The yeah. only juniors in high school I knew was smoking weed, but most of them were smoking weed. Like, yeah. PCP is like a whole other level. Oh, yeah. So you got to act, you got to act who the fuck introduced this child to PCP. Oh, yeah. Because it's not like she just woke up one day and said, ah, I'm going to skip weed. I'm going to do this. Right. There's no way. No. There's, there's no way there's no way and i think the adults who do shit like that never get the blame put on them that they should they, oh, yeah. they never get the consequences that should come with that because most of these kids they didn't just wake up one day and want to do drugs somebody introduced them to it oh
1: yeah oh, And yeah. that's
0: a that's a conversation society ain't ready for yeah
1: in my in
0: my opinion didn't
1: i well and i think that that's you know something i mean I, I think the internet has changed that quite a bit like the access and well like, awareness. yeah but yeah. she you know, I was talking to my daughter about it, and I was like, Kara, like, I don't know about these people. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, I limit who she's able to hang out with, of course, but mm-hmm. it, I, I mean, yeah, like, you know, just young, having sex at 12 yeah. and yes. things like that, and just all the things that you really... Mm-hmm. um don't want are very prevalent today yeah um and
0: especially with the internet oh yeah and in that music every it's right there for them it's like a one-stop shop so back in the day when you had to get the birds and the bees talk now it's like nah let me just go on google real quick or let me just go on instagram and it's 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 scary
1: oh th- i mean it's and really th- scary i mean my daughter's just a weenie so she just won't do any of that sort of stuff mm-hmm. she's like i mean I, I tried to have a conversation with her not too long ago about it and she's like mom i know all this please stop it <laughs> But like, you know, she's like, I have the internet. It's fine. Like, I got yeah. this. Like, yeah. don't
0: don't embarrass both of us now. Yeah. I I had a talk with my daughter one day, and I, I initiated, and we were on FaceTime, and I could tell she was just so like, damn, I don't want to have this talk because it was awkward, but it's, we had to have it. And the, sure. I started out like this, boys are fucking nasty. And that's how I started out. Boys are nasty. And, you know, and it was like a whole hour-long awkward talk. For her, it wasn't awkward for me. I don't care. I have, like, no filter. But it has to be said, because God forbid... Something transpired in life, and then she'll say, "Oh well, my dad never had this talk with me. I don't want to be that father." You know what I mean? I try to be hands. I've been a father that's almost fought other parents. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You have to; it has to go on like that. Mm-hmm. You got listen. Sometimes shit get lit, sometimes, and you just have to be ready to move with the litness. And I don't think a lot of these parents have the guts to do that. I don't. Right. I don't think they have like. The balls and really sit and have these in depth conversations with their kids. Oh yeah. And so if you don't have it, society's gonna teach them. If you don't teach them, society's gonna teach them. Absolutely. So me, I'd, I'd rather have those hard conversations and let them know about my personal experiences and things like that. So that way they can say, well, oh, well, my pops did this. Let me move like that because I don't want them learning nothing from their peers. And that's the to me, that's the worst thing kids can do is learn from their friends. Oh, yeah. And learn the wrong thing about it because I've seen it happen. I, oh, yeah. I have friends. Um. So. When I was in school out here, I, I, I went back to New York one time for like a Christmas vacation. So I had like a best friend, um, God rest So he passed away. He moved around, right around the corner. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see one of my mans and we're going to kick it. So I was not a big weed smoker in high school, but every now and then I would get it in. So I'm like, oh, we're going to go roll up. Fuck it. I go to the crib and he I didn't even get to see him. He was like in the bedroom with a girl. There was like four or five other friends of mine that was there. So I'm kicking it out and the vibes was weird, really weird. So I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? One of them pulls out this big-ass Aladdin sword-looking mirror and cuts up an 8-ball. And I'm like, yeah, it's time for me to fucking leave. This. I'm, I'm, I don't do this. So, um, he, so <laughs> the dude that pulled out the 8-ball, he was from Carroll Street. I ain't going to say his name. Mm-hmm. Carroll Street. So he goes, yeah, man, as you see, man, life got hard. I was like, I fucking see it because we're like 17 years old and shit, and this is what y'all doing. Never went back. Yeah. Never went back. N- never. But the good thing is, my homeboy, before he passed away, um, we had a block party one day, so I slipped through after the block party, and we sat in my car and we talked for like an hour, and mm-hmm. we had a real heart-to-heart about how he changed his life and he was doing better, and I could see it. Mm-hmm. Funny shit is, a week later, I saw the dude that pulled out an A-ball. I was at a mall in Long Island. He just looked bad. Mm-hmm. He was rocking like the same afro from like 97, mm-hmm. and it, it just looked bad. So, yeah. you know, me being me, I wanted to really sit him down and try to school him on shit, but he was too far gone. Yeah, And it was sad to see that. We, like imagine being 17 and your 17 year old friends are about to snort cocaine. Oh, yeah. This shit was disgusting.
1: I had had an experience with actually a friend that also has passed away since then. Um, And he, I remember in high school, I was about 16, 17 Mm -hmm. and he shows up at, you know, beautiful house in Buena Vista, Winston-Salem, you know. Mm -hmm. And he opens up some foil inside of his car and says I have black tar heroin.
0: Well, I don't
1: even know what that um, is. Um, I well, I, that's the only time I've ever seen it. Um, and I promptly looked at him and said, "My family is here. You have to." go. <laughs> um, and so he drove back Dude. to Raleigh. Oh my um, god! And he died of a heroin overdose oh a couple god, years ago. I'm so um, sorry. Well, and, and I mean it, He had gotten clean and struggled with it his whole mm-hmm. life, but you know, it's how early that gets introduced does matter, yes. and you know, those those friends do matter. And yes. I was I was reading a book not too long ago that was explaining the, you know, the idea of like parent influence versus peer influence. And the thing mm-hmm. is parents only affect like about 10% really? of, of their children's wow. like shaping. I
0: really? just learned something new today. Yeah. Show, that.
1: Parents only affect about 10% of their children's shaping. So we can blame our parents all we want, but it's not their fault. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's really the peers. And so those peers matter. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'm about to restructure all the friends groups. I see it on yeah, your face. That's what that's what. Uh, I'm thinking. You see me thinking, yeah. right? Just, so
0: many thoughts just went through my mind at like one time.
1: Yeah, and in those peer groups, they they matter. Um, and so that's where I get like, I'm like, who are your friends? What are they doing? Yeah. Where, why are they doing that? Yeah, okay. Exactly. Um, so I get all crazy about the the friends for sure. But, I don't blame you. Yeah, it's, it's crazy.
0: You know what? It was back to the whole PCP. <laughs> when we was little, right? Bombie was. She sat me down one day and it was random. She was like frying chicken and shit, and she was like, "Listen, don't ever fight nobody on PCP. It'll be like fighting ten people." And I'm looking like, "Okay, you know." what i <laughs> But it was it was bad, crazy. It was bad joke because I know the little girls on PCP and shit like that. But drugs, drugs right now is 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 it seems to be cool for some
1: reason. Well, that's why I told my daughter. In, in I, was like, I was like, she. I was like, what if that girl just loses her mind and punches you in the face like the Hulk? Yes. You know, like yes. you don't know. Like yeah. I mean. Like, what'd you bite your yeah. ear off? You know, yeah. I don't know what and the funny what shit is
0: like like I think a week or two later, me and my pops was watching cops on a Saturday night and they couldn't take him down. He's like, look, he on PCP, they're gonna need like 10 people to get him. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. So I, I will probably never fight somebody on PCP.
1: And no, like, I don't think that you should. I'll, nah, I'll let his high <laughs> come down.
0: I'll let his high come down and then you know I well, I got I got a nine in the trunk, so I ain't gonna fight him. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening. I ain't spent 300 on that shit for nothing. But, it, yeah, it was the whole PCP thing. I, I feel like, I right, boom. I'm a, I'm a real hardcore hip-hop head. I'm a hardcore hip-hop lover. But I hate a lot of the artists that come out now, and and they trying to lure people into pill-popping. Mm-hmm. And all these different things and all these different lifestyles, I feel especially in the black community, there's so much more to life than that. Because I know people that have been often on drugs, and you do a 10-year stretch on that shit, and you binge in it every day, see where you're at 10 years from now. Oh, yeah. See where you at? You are fucked up. And you know, for a lot of drug addicts, a lot of them wake up one day. Mm -hmm. And this is, I was watching, some doctor was talking. He said a lot of drug addicts, they wake up one day, they've been on a binge for drugs 10, 20 years, and their mind and their body have to catch up Mm -hmm. to each other. So whereas their body might be 50 years old, they've been on drugs for 20 years, they still might be thinking like a 30-year-old thinking they can, once they come off drugs, they feel good, they could do all these things, and then they just crash one day. Oh, that's you know crazy. Yeah, I have a,
1: you know, an acquaintance who used to be a friend who has similar cocaine. He's a mm-hmm. cocaine addict. And um I, you know, I, I obviously don't really associate with him except for when I'm trying to talk him into getting help. Mm-hmm. And um it's interesting. He looks, now that you mention that, he looks like a withered little old man. But, crazy. I mean, he's yeah. he's 31 years old. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's crazy from his 20s to now. I did not, he. He looked at me and said, oh, wow, I didn't recognize you. I've lost 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't recognize him. He's probably lost 70 pounds. Oh, my God. Um, and he just, you know, he looks emaciated. And it's, yeah. I, I like, I would see him carrying something. I'm like, oh, my God, is that, like, old man Ooh. okay?
0: Um, you and- know, you you losing 30 pounds as as opposed to him being on drugs and losing 70 pounds looks totally different. Oh,
1: yeah, exactly. Totally
0: fucking different. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's it's, it's scary. Like, I've had family on drugs. I've had friends. On drugs and associates you, you know what i learned being in, in the business world so from doing music i had an independent magazine at one time a lot of people in the business world use drugs they they function oh, on oh, yeah. drugs and it's the scariest shit ever oh yeah it's fucking scary because i've been in places where you knew what they was going to the bathroom for you oh, know yeah. what i'm saying and, and it's like all right i don't want to be around this but i got to get this deal done
1: yep you know what
0: i'm saying and i don't mean i don't i'm the type of person if i'm in a awkward situation. If I'm in a room full of people I don't want to be with, I will literally just leave.
1: The people that I've noticed, especially in Winston-Salem that I know that do that sort of stuff, are not actually the business people, but instead it's like their wives. The ones that stay at home and like Mm -hmm. you know, the the, the, I'm just going to call them yuppies because that's what they are. Um, (laughs) You know, the the cocaine yuppies.
0: I thought yuppies uh, was on weed. I didn't know he was doing
1: cocaine. uh, Oh, no, no. Because I mean, I remember just even in high school at, uh, you know, my brother went to South Country Day and he really struggled with a group of kids there. And I mean, I see them running into bathrooms and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I remember actually one family, they would have their butler fly their their plane when what? they would get coked up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, he was not qualified to do so. But, uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean, those are the kind of people that oh, I man. know that kind of have that, oh. that level of problem. And a lot of it has to do with women trying to stay thin. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I've heard that. I've heard that A before. lot of it has to do with them trying to stay thin. Yeah. You know, I guess the easier way. Um, oh, man. But, you know, I don't know. It's never been... Something that I've been interested in dabbling with—it yeah. scares me too much. Oh
0: shit, man! I imagine Jeffrey flying the Fresh Prince and shit because they all cooked up. Oh you know yeah,
1: that?
0: <laughs> yo, that's crazy. That's yeah. first. I almost got my pilot license back in 08. Uh, I was gonna do it because I okay. So I had a group of friends. Um, they were interested in starting like a small cargo company, and mm-hmm. they were like, okay, but. Well, Per FAA law, we everybody that was a partner had to get a pilot license. Really? Yeah. So I was like, this, is, I, this was what they were telling telling me. I didn't do the research one. I was like, fucking, I'm down to do it. So two of them already had it. Um, I didn't do it because once you do it, the final exam you had to do like loops and shit. And I was like, I'm not doing that. It. I don't even <laughs> get I don't even get on roller coasters no more. Like, I, hell no. So I didn't do it. But it's hard as sh- to is hard yeah it's really hard so imagine like you're not qualified right who took? did he go on youtube or some shit and watch a video before he did it i honestly it's crazy
1: i think he had done it so much
0: oh my god that,
1: yeah no. and i i mean there's there's all kinds of wild stories that i mean i'm and i'm friends or i'm yeah. friends with one of these people so that's how i know all this because a family member told me that her family was doing all this oh man um, that's
0: so and, this was a plane not a helicopter right oh this is a plane like, okay a personal plane oh, okay um
1: and so, yeah, but I would, I, and I don't know how if he landed it. I have no idea. But I was just like, "What in yeah, the you know, world?"
0: I Hope he got paid. Like, I hope he got a raise for that shit. He he need a promotion because yeah. you you flying shit. Yep he <laughs> he, he
1: he's a he's a bury the body kind of butler. So oh you know. wow
0: yeah he so he, Jeffrey is dope man shout, yeah. shout, no, I mean, he's Alfred I, fuck that yeah. Jeffrey's here <laughs> Alfred is right here. Yeah. shit i need to get rich and get an outfit man everybody <laughs> for me yo listen the day i get rich i'm getting an outfit. i want him to have an english accent and i want him to have like an army pass and he's with the shits because if something pop up he got me you know what I'm mean? he I mean, might have to fly the helicopter you know I
1: mean? have you seen the show dynasty
0: no i haven't seen it
1: oh man it's terrible i watch it when i work out um but <laughs> it's it's very similar they have a, a butler like that and oh that's funny it, yeah absolutely
0: You know what I've been watching when I'm on a treadmill? I started watching Startup. Did you tell me to watch Startup or was it somebody else? Somebody told me to watch Startup. And Uh I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch Startup. This shit is good.
1: Really? I haven't seen it
0: yet. It's really good. It's really good. It's it's about, uh, so a girl, there's a girl and two dudes. And they all come from like different lifestyles or whatever. And she's starting her own um, cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. And they're the only ones that want to invest in this shit. Everything Mm -hmm. is going bad. There's like a dirty Fed. I'm like, oh shit, made me want to start my own crypto. You know what I mean? You know what? I got a homeboy that actually asked me about that and I had to tell him I don't know every fucking thing. I think I have like this vast knowledge of <laughs> shit. I was like, you tell me, go figure out and you tell me how to do this shit because everybody's trying to do that now. Mm-hmm. This, I just, I had a, I saw a bottle of Pepsi and it said Pepcoin on it and I'm like, is Pepsi starting like a, their own cryptocurrency or some shit? Which wow. is, it, it's crazy. Everybody's doing it. I feel like so many people are getting, so many companies are getting into crypto. I feel like commercializing it is going to hurt it. Just how with the government right now is trying to regulate it. Commercial, everything that gets commercialized gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. Look at look at, look at at the whole marijuana game with them commercializing it now and trying to regulate it and put all these laws on it. So I feel like once we get out the Renaissance era, it might decline a little bit because of the whole commercialization of it and shit like that. They're, they're putting, I hate to say it, but you know, they're putting the man out of business. Yep. You know what I'm saying? All the fucking weight. You know? Unless he got that fire. You know what I'm saying? So if we can't, merge that type of gap to where okay quality is a big thing right Mm -hmm. when it comes to the hemp and shit like that so how how do you bridge that gap where the local guy got like the best shit ever but the company has like mediocre shit but it's legal so you want to smoke do you go back to the weed man or do you go to like you know what I'm saying the company Mm -hmm. that has like the legal shit you won't get in trouble for because yeah. I'm not a weed smoker, I don't
1: know. Well, and I think that you know, you can kind of see it in Oregon right now, in places like that, where I mean, they've got more illegal grows than they have legal grows, you mm-hmm. know. And the truth is, it's you know, the government needs to get real, you know, yeah. like it's too expensive, no one's gonna do it, you know, tax it and make it approachable and give people a chance to get into it like mm-hmm. normal farming. Yeah. Um, but right now, what they've done is they're trying to take advantage of something that they think that they can win on, Mm -hmm. but I mean, regular like tobacco and, Mm -hmm. you know, chill out a little bit Um, because Mm -hmm. right now you have so many people trying to grow. um, And this happens in any emerging industry. You'll see it in tech or anything else. You know, you'll have Mm -hmm. all these small guys and then the the small guys will start dropping like flies once they go bankrupt. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll have a few big, big people. You have that in like meal home delivery. I don't know if you guys have heard of blue apron, but I haven't in a while. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. Blue apron is pretty (laughs) dope. Yeah. They're, they're pretty dope.
1: But like they have the same kind of space. Like, you know, they have like Freshly and all these mm-hmm. other other competitive HelloFresh and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're in a very similar space yeah. as, you know, th- this the same market and they're gonna have the same kind of fallout. Um mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm kind of hoping that with the fallout that happens over in California and Colorado, that the major stuff can be sorted out there yeah. while we're kind of in the wild west still. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that you know, unless something changes federally that, you know, we're going to have that for a little bit. Yeah,
0: I think it will. I, I was talking to a, a business owner, a farm owner from Connecticut about three years ago. And I think they at the time they were trying to legalize it in Connecticut. And he he said some crazy shit to me. He said, so the panel of people he was working with, they were having meetings where I guess, like local government. What they were trying to do is, OK, you know how if you get pulled over and you've been drinking, they give you like the breath test, a breathalyzer to see how drunk you are. Right. Right. Alcohol leaves your body like that. Marijuana stays in your body for 30 days. But the fucked up thing is you could smoke last week and then next week get a drug test. It's in your system. They were trying to develop a test that would show how long ago you smoked and to prove it wasn't in your system at that time. Mm. Which I don't know if they actually finished it, but I thought that was a great ass idea. Right. Because if a person smoked two weeks ago and they get a random drug test at work, they're not going to go fuck up some machinery because they smoked weed two weeks ago. Right. So to me, I think I think that's something that needs to come into development and be finished.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you have to think about liability on workers comp and things like that as a business owner. Mm-hmm. That's something I think about regularly. Yeah. Do I care if my employees go home? I don't care if my employees go home and smoke meth as long as I can't tell. <laughs> I mean, I'm just just straight up. I yeah. don't care. You um, could probably tell <clears throat> me you
0: meth mouth is serious. Well, you I mean, know? I'm not, you know, I really. <laughs> I, I don't
1: think I got have any of that. But, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, the truth is, like, I, I don't care what you do at home. Yeah. I don't care what you, you know, as long as it doesn't affect the business or me. Yeah. But the truth is like as long as Monday morning they're not they're mm-hmm. clean but you know I I am certain my employees, you know, I have employees that smoke weed mm-hmm. and and you know things like that and I know yeah. that I have employees that smoke delta 8 THC mm-hmm. which is legal THC. Yeah. And you know if they get hurt on the job, mm-hmm. I'm worried that you know they won't pass a drug test, yeah. you know. And it's like They weren't high at work. I know that they weren't high at work. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I saw them, talked to them, but the drug test will still say the same thing. Yes. Um, And do I think that that makes sense? No. I think that, you know, insurance should still have to cover it and Mm -hmm. everything else.
0: Exactly. It's crazy. (laughs) I had a job one time um, when I got hired, I had to go to the building to uh, take a piss test. And there was a lady that worked at, I was at the airport and she worked for another company. And she got random that day, and she was like in the corner crying. And they were telling this lady for 10 minutes, Miss, you need to hurry up, come on. And she was like, whispering, I'm about to lose my job. And I was like, damn, this is really crazy. Because you never know why she's smoking weed to pass the time. It might not it might not be some recreational shit. She might have really been going through some shit in life. Mm-hmm. And she just needed something to take the edge off. And I'm looking at myself like, there's like so much other shit they could be like drug testing for and firing people for. I, I had to fight a lawsuit one time. Real talk. I'm downtown Brooklyn. My last name start with a W, so I'm the one that got to fucking wait all day and shit. So 12 o'clock comes, we break for lunch, right? I go across the street, get a sandwich, right? So I'm, I'm trying to go in the bathroom to wash my hands and make it back in time. For 10 minutes, I'm knocking on the door. And I'm like, okay, I don't hear nothing running. What the fuck is this dude doing? One of the lawyers, one of the court-appointed lawyers that was whatever- was in the bathroom, comes out, faces all red, coke on his nose. He was like, yeah, sorry, bro. I had a fucking stressful morning. I needed a bump. And I'm like, I should fucking snitch on you right now. So, and it pissed me off. So if people like that can be in position to do that, then these workers who just, you know, smoke a little weed here and there, which I'm not a weed smoker, but these workers who smoke a little weed here and there, but are still functioning, y'all should leave them alone. That's, that's just my opinion and shit like that. that. That's just how I see it. But you know, to me, I feel like a lot of these companies, these these execs and these company owners, they do all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. But in my opinion, they go hard with that type of shit, not just for insurance purposes, but to keep that revolving door going. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them, i worked for companies where we were making almost $30 an hour, but the same person, a, a person coming in, making the minimum, could do the same shit. And oh. I, I've literally been in meetings where execs said, we don't want y'all here. We want to keep the revolving door open. Did you really just say this shit to us? But this is how companies think. That's, it's true. Yeah, they save money. They they earn capital off that by getting a seniority person out the door. They bring in somebody that doesn't even have insurance for ninety days, and they're making whatever amount of money uh, 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 per hour. So it, it's it's real shit. It's it's deeper than just wanting to see if you got drugs in your system.
1: Oh yeah, you know and, I, and I had a um, you know I had an experience with some executives that I did some consulting for, and. One of them got so messed up one day, or actually, he got messed up the day before, Mm -hmm. fell asleep in someone's bush. Wow. His (laughs) wife and kids could not find him. Oh, man. We could not find him. And so, he got found the next day. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, simultaneously was, like, you know, doing all these other things. And, you know, they would... I mean, but they would fire one of their low-level employees like that yes. if they talked back or yes. if they reported anything, mm-hmm. or exactly. um And it, it's it's really amazing. It's like, oh, okay, so like, so you guys can do certain yes, things, Yes, but we can't, but-
0: you know? And I've always had a problem with big corporations and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's one of those things. So I, I look me, I look at it like that's why I kind of wanted to take the necessary steps on my own and start a business and try to build it because I want to be able to operate how the fuck way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not a weed smoker. But if, if I'm fully engulfed in my business and that's all I'm doing and I don't have a job on the side and I want to roll up today, I'm going to fucking roll up. If I want to eat edible, I'm going to eat edible. That's what I want to do. The sort of freedom aspect for me is also what drives me. What, right. what, 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 let me ask you a question before we wrap the show up, mm-hmm. right? What drives you as a business owner? Because I see you're a, a people person and you're a mother and things like that. What else, what else in you is keeping you going?
1: I would say... Um... So being a 15 year old mother, it was really about opportunity Mm -hmm. and I, you know, being a people person, Mm -hmm. I really do find that my heart lies in giving opportunity. So that's where I, you know, really just feel like I thrive. I want to be able to give people the chance that they never had to be able to feed their families Mm -hmm. or or whatever and have a peaceful life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, um, I've met people that actually have that same attitude as you. And I think is, I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, but then you have people that's just in it for the money. Oh, yeah. They, they're just in it. But, I mean, I'm not mad. Get the money. I'm not. But there's I'm not be, there yet. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to yeah. be more of a purpose. There's got to be more of a purpose to this shit. But, okay, also, before we wrap the show, I want to ask you one thing, right? Okay, To 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 the little girl out there listening to the show right now that's, 15 16 years old she's about to graduate high school she wants to go to college and she wants to be a business owner what would you tell her what what advice would you give her as far as the foundation of it where what's her starting point
1: i would say uh question everything ask yourself why and uh find your purpose Mm -hmm. Uh, if you find your purpose by asking why you're able to really uh you're really to, able to direct what you want to do. And I think that asking myself why every return really, really
0: helps. I think that's great. Okay. To that same little girl listening, right. Who's going to experience failure for the first time. What advice would you give her as far as failure goes? Cause she's going to fail.
1: Oh, um, well, my father likes to say I'll fail hard and fail, fail fast, fail often. And, uh, when you, when you know you're failing, take a nose dive. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I always know I'm doing the wrong thing if I'm starting to fail quickly. Um, mm-hmm. and I know I'm doing the right thing if I'm, if I'm succeeding quickly. And, uh, you you really know um and if you start struggling against it you you really just you're gonna it's gonna be harder so just Mm -hmm. just lean into your failures learn what you can be agile and uh make sure that you're able to to change when when times come get hard
0: i think that's dope thank you so much for coming to the show this was great we rocked out for almost an hour and a half this this was and you didn't complain about the hot ass lights no so (laughs) thank you and you came all the way from winston-salem i fucking appreciate it thank you so much But yeah, it's the boy Product. We just wrapped up the Life of Product podcast. I'm gonna see y'all next week.